Good evening. This is Bo Buchanan. I'm here with another edition of, Air, of On the Level, and today I am at the Arizona MasonicCon event in Casa Grande, Arizona, with Brother John Huth. John, can you please introduce yourself, give your name, your full name, your home lodge, and any Masonic titles you may hold? My name is John Huth. I'm past master of Kingman Lodge 22 in uh, Kingman, Arizona, and Ely, Nevada Lodge 29 in uh, Nevada. And you said Kingman 22? Kingman 22, yes. And, and you said uh, you're a past master? Past master of, yes, Kingman Lodge 22 and Ely, Nevada Lodge 29. Okay, and you're also an officer in the York Rite? I am an officer in the uh, Grand, or the Arizona Grand Chapter, and an officer in the Arizona Grand Commandery. Okay, and John, I want to start from the beginning and tell me, do you remember when you first heard of Freemasonry? Yes, my stepfather was a Mason, and uh, he... He, had, he owned a little grocery and hardware store uh, in, in uh, rural Missouri, north of Kansas City, and was uh, president of the local school board. He was a very active Mason and dedicated to education in his community. And I knew he was a Mason because uh, one of my uncles used to come and meet him uh, once a month or so, and they would dress in their finest suits and go into Kansas City, Missouri to lodge, and it was the highlight of their month. <laughs> and that's when I very first heard of, of masonry. Also the uh, shrine, they were both shriners, so they did things with the Kansas City shrine. Okay, so you grew up around it. How old were you when you first started to investigate it on your own? I was uh, about 10 years old, and this would have been in the 1950s. When I came home from school and uh, I walked into the store, we lived above my uh, father's, stepfather's uh, grocery and hardware store. My mother said, shh. Be quiet, your dad's talking to the president. Okay. And my dad is talking to his brother, Harry Truman. And they're visiting, and they're just friends. They'd known each other for years through Lodge, and Harry had retired from being president and was living in Independence. And my dad explained that the reason that he called him was that one of the members of the school board there was a farmer local community that was uh, mowing one of his uh, farm ponds and mowing the bank of the farm pond and the tractor rolled and killed him and the reason he called was because he had a son that was a senior in high school that was straight-a student and now they had no way to get this student to college and his, his son was going to go to college and my dad asked Kerry uh, President Truman if there was some way he could help try to get this son into one of the academies, either uh, the uh, Naval Academy or the Army. Uh, this was way before the Air Force had an academy. And Harry said, well, uh, 
uh, here talk to my secretary and they visited a little more and he said uh, go ahead and give all the information to so and so anyway so my dad told the secretary the the young man's name etc and and about his grade point average and a few weeks later the uh, mother came into my dad's store crying and she had two letters in her hand and said, George, I don't know what you did, but my son's been accepted to Anonymous, Annapolis and West Point. Thank you. <laughs> now, wow. Talk about masonry. A few years later, my mother said to my dad, can you help John go to college? Because I was doing well. And he said, no, I can't do that for my son. Wow. And I didn't understand, but once I became a mice, and I absolutely did. Okay, so that was 10 years old. When, when did you start, first like, start thinking about becoming a mason? I asked, when I was in my 20s, I asked some friends about, that I knew were masons about becoming a mason, and they told me, John, uh, you are not Masonic material at this time in your <laughs> life. When you settle down, come and see us. So about 20 years later. <laughs> what took you 20 years to settle down, huh? Yeah, I hate to say that. I'm embarrassed to say that. But anyway, yeah. And uh, finally uh, grew up enough and straightened up enough and was moral enough to uh, apply for masonry. How, how old were you when you applied to become a mason? Uh, I would, would have been around 40. And that was in Missouri? No, I was in the Air Force, actually. I became a Mason in Ohio while I was in the Air Force. So what lodge did you first join? 764 in uh, Fairborn, Ohio. And it was, uh, they, they ra initiated, passed, and raised a lot of brothers from uh, Wright-Patterson Air Force Base and then had them go, you know, transfer out, retire, whatever. Uh, I'm still a member of that lodge, and it's fun talking to the secretary, letting them know about my adventures in masonry, because I'm really having a good time. <laughs> and I'll, I try to, to update them at least once a year with a long email, which I understand they read in the lodge, because I thank them every time for helping me become a mason, even though I'm not in Ohio physically there with them. I think about them, and I sure appreciate what they did for me. Wow. So when did you leave that lodge and join another lodge? Uh, I retired uh, from the Air Force in 1986 and uh, had a job that required me to travel basically seven days a week. I lived out of a suitcase for five years. Uh, it was a very good job. Anyway... When I uh, retired from that, I moved back to Nevada and uh, ended up in Ely, Nevada, of all places, and joined the lodge there. And they were delighted to have a, a mason come through, especially someone that was really liked ritual. So the first time I attended, they said, hey, our junior warden's not here. Could you set in as junior warden? And I said, well, you're going to get Ohio ritual. And they said, that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that started it off. 
And then from there, uh, uh, we moved, it, my wife and I moved a couple of times, and anyway, ended up in uh, Kingman, Arizona, and went through. Uh, now why, why Kingman? How'd you end up in Kingman? My wife was from Henderson, uh, Nevada, and she did not want to move into the hustle and bustle and the, the mass of Henderson. Uh, when we were kids together out there, I... Uh, we used to call coyotes where, and hunt them with our bows. We were both archers. Anyway, used to call and hunt coyotes in places that are not total housing additions. That whole, when, when I got to Las Vegas in 1963, when it came over Railroad Pass, Las Vegas was a little puddle of light in the bottom of the valley with a little string of light coming out, which is now Charleston Boulevard, and another string, which is the, of lights that went off towards uh, uh, LA, and a string of lights that went north towards, uh, uh, eventually Reno, north. But that, that was it, just a little puddle of light, glitter gulch, and a half a dozen hotels on what is now the Strip. By the way, I mentioned archery, and we, we, we loved shooting our bows and hunting, my wife and I. Uh, we've been best friends since April the 14th of 1970, but, but moving along. Was she supportive of your journey in masonry? Oh, her dad's Scottish right, and her mother was Eastern Star, <laughs> you <Dude>. betcha. And <laughs> she's, she's helped, uh, worked all kinds of ladies' events for... Uh, Various the Colorado the York Wright Colorado River Fall Festival and various uh, grand communications. Uh, right now she's crippled up with a bad knee. We're going to get it replaced here in a couple of weeks, a few more weeks, and then we'll be back out doing the Lord's work, helping our wonderful fraternity. And I've said too much already. Amen. I'm well, sure. so when you first moved to Kingman, did you join Kingman Lodge right away, or how'd that happen? Oh, as a master in Nevada, what you had to do, Nevada required the master to read the Constitution and write a letter to the Grand Master saying he had read the Constitution and understood it. That's that and the past master degree was what was required to be a master in Nevada. So when I got to Arizona, the first thing I asked for is a copy of the Constitution. Well, I went to a lodge and asked for a copy of the Constitution. The secretary about fell over. He had one, but he'd never, ever had anybody that wanted to read it. <laughs> so I read it and saw, oh, in Arizona, you got to pass a proficiency. Well, I love rituals, so I found out who the, the deputy, the DDGM was, and said, hey, I want to... Uh, I don't, I, from reading the Constitution, you don't have to be in line to get uh, uh, your proficiency card. I'll, uh, from what I read here, I'd just like to get my cards in case I'm ever needed. So I uh, did my junior warden's card, and he was going to fill it out, and said, wait a minute, I'll be back in a month, and I come back and got my senior warden's card, and then I got a, my lecture in the uh, could confer the third degree, and he said that my DDGM said, "Why don't you go for this master ritual?" And I said, "Sure." What does it entail? He said, "You got to memorize basically the whole doggone book." And I said, "Sure, I can do that." So, 
For example, for the uh, third degree, second section, I told him I'm too old to ever remember who was what part. I just recited the second section for him, all the stations, places, and parts. Anyway, I, I, they told me I was the eighth master ritualist in Arizona. Wow. So now this is, did you join the lodge first before you did this? Oh, I, I joined Kingman 22 in 2011, I think, and I uh, got all my cards within a year, all my proficiency cards. I, I don't remember. I've got it written down. This was kind of, doing this interview was a surprise. They, I was sitting there in, in Lodge 22 as the chaplain when they elected me master because they just happened to have all the cards. And, <laughs> and by this time, I was doing all three lectures for the three. Actually, we had five lodges in the Mojave County area, uh, a daylight lodge, three regular lodges, and a lodge that uh, the... I forget the number now, that was meeting in the Riverside Hotel, so I would go over to Nevada and do Nevada ritual for them. So you got into the thick of it. As soon as you joined, you got into it. Yeah, I was, I was an officer in uh, three lodges at the same time and having a ball just trying to catch all the meetings and all the degrees. It was great. What what is it about Freemasonry that that draws you in? What is what? Why do you want to? Why did you want to be a Mason, or why do you continue being a Mason? Oh dear, <laughs> because this is the fundamental thread that has kept this nation together all these years. The idea that we can disagree on things, but as gentlemen sit down and discuss it and not be mad at one another because we disagree, but find where we do agree and come to some sort of a compromise and go on with life. Uh, and if, if our friends in Washington would do that, life would be so much better, and they used to. You go back and study what happened when they were trying to uh, found, uh, start this country. You know, you, you think about representatives from those original 13 colonies, they had nothing much in, co in common other than to start a country. And they sat down as brothers, many of them were brothers, not all were Masons, but many were, but they all agreed in the same gentlemanly concept to be able to sit down and discuss hard issues and come to an agreement where they could. And uh, we need to, to lead our country. We as Masons need to lead our country back to that. That's my humble opinion, and that's why I'm in it, trying to do it. Can you tell me about uh, any brothers that you've looked up to as, a, as an ideal Mason or somebody who's kind of set the tone for you on how you think you should act as a Mason? Oh... Oh dear, there, there, is, there is such a list. The, our secretary of my little lodge in 29 in uh, Ely, Nevada, could recite the entire Nevada ritual, and I said, I'm going to be able to do that. Uh, the night I became an entered apprentice mason and a brother got up and did the apron presentation, 
I said to myself, he's memorized that. That's the most beautiful piece of prose I've ever heard. I'm going to learn that. And it's, it's been that way since. When I uh, became a Knight Templar at the Colorado River Fall Festival several years ago, when I was being knighted, a brother that I scarcely knew walked up to the line and said, excuse me, I'm going to knight this one. <laughs> and his name was uh, Bill Gerard. I know Bill well. <laughs> <laughs> and he's been my hero since. Oh. And uh, other brothers, uh, past grandmasters, uh, Jeffrey Carlton, I just love him to death. Uh, Michael Manning, unfortunately, we lost him. He and Maggie were just my heroes. Uh, I can go on and on. Uh, I just, I love them all. Uh, any any Gross, interesting? Mike, Craig Gross and his wonderful wife and our current master. Oh, grandmaster. And the one coming in who I've done ritual with and had Jim, right worshipful Jim Baker. I, I, just, can, I just love him to death. He's, he's somebody I've stood next to doing the uh, third degree lecture, tag teaming it at Fane Ranch a few times and just having a ball. He is such a hoot. I'm really looking forward to his year. Any uh, interesting or funny stories you want to share about events or something that happened since you've been a Mason? I, I guess not. Nothing I, you can I, think I, of? You, you caught me cold on all of this. Well, what would you say to maybe young men or prospective Masons who are listening to this now that are considering becoming a Mason? What would you say to them? Our, our country, if this country means anything to you, our country was founded on Masonic precepts. Read the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and the Bill of Rights and you're going to see all kinds of Masonic influence. And again, it, as I mentioned earlier, it isn't that all those people were Masons, many of them were, but they agreed on certain principles of conduct which is uh, what our country is lacking at this time. And uh, I would encourage anyone thinking about becoming a Mason to do so. If they love their country, this is a way to support it and build, help other men and ladies. And we've got the youth groups, our wonderful, wonderful youth groups. Oh, gee, to help develop people, to become public speakers and leaders in their community. I've watched brothers come in that, that, that couldn't stand in front of a, a group and you know tell their name, uh, this total stage fright, work their way through the line and by the time they get in the East, they're public speakers. It, it is just such a blessing. Learning the ritual, your, your vocabulary is going to expand. Boy, do we have some interesting words in our ritual. Uh, the Blue Lodge, uh, York Rite, Scottish Rite, get a dictionary and find you some online pronunciation dictionaries. Your vocabulary, you're going to learn a lot. <laughs> 
Well, Brother John, thank you for taking the time to do an interview with me tonight. It was a pleasure to hear a little bit about your story in Freemasonry. Thank you, sir. I hope